So there's this story that comes out of church history that really grabs me, and it has for years and years. It's about John and Charles Wesley, and I think George Whitfield may have been there, gathered together in a nighttime prayer meeting at Fetter Lane. And they spoke of how all of a sudden the presence of the Lord was so powerful in their midst that people began to just fall to the ground, just declaring, only you are God, only you are God, only you are God. It's somewhat reminiscent, isn't it, of what we see at the dedication of the temple in the Old Testament when the glory of the Lord entered the temple and everyone was so overwhelmed by the awe of God that they simply fell to their knees and began to praise and worship him because that presence was so real and so powerful. Now, let me tell you what brought this back to mind. As you're probably aware, I've been reading through Corinthians lately, and I come to this phrase, and here's the scripture. Now, now let me set the context. Paul was talking about what does what orderly worship look like? What are the kinds of things we should do when we gather together? How do we operate spiritual gifts? How do we become open to the ministry of the Spirit as we're gathered together? And at one point, as he describes what that would be like, he says this, So they will all fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really in your midst. God is really in your midst. Wow. That, that's just something goes on inside of me. I mean, I love church. I like to go and I appreciate a good sermon and worship teams are, are really powerful and lifting us up before the Lord. But then there are those moments, those times, those occasions when you know the spirit of God has descended upon this place and people leave, not saying how good the sermon was, but talking about the reality of God's presence in their midst. I remember when we started Risen King Community Church out in Redding, California, and it grew very quickly, and we might have eight or 900 people in worship, and we had great executive pastor, Ron Walborn, and he could really position people to experience the Lord in worship. And then we would pray for people, and there'd be a ministry time, and, and there would be preaching. And I remember the tradition that I had grown out of is that uh, if you're standing at the back at the end of the service, you want people to comment on the sermon, but boy, that seldom happened. What they commented on is that they sensed God was there. Uh, they used to have this little phrase, God landed. God landed today. That's what Paul's talking about when he says here, then they will explain, exclaim, God is really in your midst. He is really among you. Okay, I get it. The theological reality is that God is omnipresent, therefore he's always around us. And that's a reality that we want to embrace, that he's... He's all around. It's, it's like it says in the book of Acts, in him we live, we breathe, we have our being. We can't get away from the presence of God. I think that's also something that's being said in another way in uh, Psalm 139. Because in Psalm 139, it talks about where can I go to flee his presence? 
If I go to the heavens, he's there. If I go make my bed in the depths, he's there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand guides me. Even darkness does not hide me from your presence. And so there is this deep sense theologically that God is everywhere. But, but what we're talking about here is it's different. It's not just that God is present, but we're experiencing, if you will, the manifestation of his presence, that there is a very, very thin veil now between what is true in our attentiveness to this world and the breaking in of his world into our midst. It creates an awe. It creates, if you will, a holy reality that this moment is a special moment. And if we step in to this moment, something may forever and ever change. It could be that gifts are present. It could be simply that someone's telling a story of how God has touched them. It might be a, a prayer time, but the people gathered, whether it's a small group in a living room or a huge celebration of God's people, they, there are these moments when you know that there's something happening here that is beyond a mere gathering of human beings. God is present in our midst. Jesus, he also spoke to this and essentially said that love <laughs> is one of the manifestations that let people know that we are God's people and that we are in his midst. He said that in John 13, this is how they'll know that you belong to me, that you're loving one another. And so can you just imagine that a group of Christians has gathered, small or great, and there is this godly other person-centered love that is present, that we so desperately need, that we can feed on, that you can almost breathe in. And then in the midst of that, we begin to experience the actual anointing and presence of God that begins to do something inside of us that nothing else can do. Look, it's, <clears throat> it's great to talk about God. It's great to hear sermons where someone is talking about the principles of the kingdom. And it's good to sing songs about the kingdom. But there are moments when that goes to a whole new dynamic and you recognize there's a holiness to this moment that we suddenly become aware of the dynamic presence of God. Oh, to be in moments in time, like the Wesleys at Fetter Lane, where the presence of God is so real that everything stops except praise. And you begin to cry out, only you are God. You alone are God. And that it's not manipulated, it's not manufactured, it's just God breaking in. This has happened all through history. These moments in time, where a revival breaks out, a revival in the sense of people have gathered at this church many times, but suddenly something happened and people from miles around, they begin to come because they're so hungry for God. There have been some revivals that this has happened to. There was one in Canada where people would come from overseas just to be in that worship service because there was this sense of the presence of God. A similar one in, in Florida near Pensacola. Oh, of course, whenever these things happen, there's always the risk of certain extremes. But 
from what I understand, new birth is always a little bit messy, but it does bring new life. It does revive the soul. And that becomes something that I think people are desperate for and wanting. And I don't think it's wrong for us to cry out to God and ask him to make it happen. Lord, we long for you. We hunger for you. We know that we are changed more in your presence than we are by anything else. May the glory of God fall upon us. I've probably mentioned it before, but there's this somewhat prophetic passage that comes from Zechariah chapter 8, and it says this. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Many people and the inhabitants of many cities, they will come. And the inhabitants of one city will go to another and say, let us go at once to entreat the Lord and to seek the Lord Almighty. I myself am going. And many peoples and powerful nations will come to Jerusalem to seek the Lord Almighty and to entreat him. This is what the Lord Almighty says. In those days, 10 people from all languages and nations will take hold of a Jew by the hem of the robe. And they will say, let us go with you because we have heard that God is with you. Isn't this what the church is to be? Isn't the gathering together of God's people to be an experience of the very presence of God? The great Pentecostal uh, biblical scholar, uh, Gordon Fee, he argued in one of his books that, that historically God's people were known as the people of the presence. You see, in the Old Testament, it wasn't the people that other nations feared. It was the presence that was with the people that worked the miraculous. This, this is what we need this is what I hunger for. Church has to be more than talking about what did happen in Scripture or about what should happen in our lives, but instead talking about what God is doing right now. I believe that God wants to meet us in those ways. Maybe it'll be just a whisper of his presence, and maybe it'll be the mighty wind, but he wants to meet us that way because that breath of his presence is what brings a transformation that no amount of behavior modification could ever accomplish, no matter how hard you tried or how hard I tried. It's God that we're hungry for. It's God that we need. Even now, I think it would be important for us in hearing this is to cry out and say, oh God, we want this to be true of us. We want it to be that when we gather, that visitors come and they say, God is really among these people. I think in some ways, that's why Paul talked about in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, that it's not the persuasive word, but it's the demonstration of God's power. When somebody touches it, and they realize there is a realm beyond us that is a glorious realm where God abides in his magnificent presence. And there are times when that presence breaks through. And if we are there and if we are to kneel and if we are to worship, 
something happens. I'm longing for that something. Even right now as we're here together, yes, we're only together across lines, but we are together. And it is my prayer that, Lord, in this conversation, something would quicken inside of us and that we would recognize we are made to experience your presence. We are grateful for your word that shows us the way. But we know that without the river of the Holy Spirit moving in our midst, we cannot move. We can't do this in our own effort. And so we want to worship you in spirit and in truth. And that is why we pray and we cry out today, come Holy Spirit, bring your revival, bring a new day, stir us. In the strong name of Jesus, I pray for a fresh touch on your life today, a fresh awareness of God, a fresh awareness of your hunger for more of God. Oh God, in your mercy, let us experience this in Jesus' name. Amen. I've said it before, but I'm convinced there's not a lot of people that are not going to church that are thinking, if only I could hear a good sermon or hear a good song, my life would be changed. They need something far greater than that. They need to be able to go into a gathering of God's people and leave with a sense God is really in their midst. 